This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Well, hello, Jim Toth. Hello, Cameron. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, today, million bucks tax free, baby. I got a text message from uh, Jim Toth last night saying, All free and clear. Doctor gave me the good ticket of health. I'm back in business. Today, I feel like. I said, Stay out of the studio. Get away from me. (laughs) I'm finally free. (laughs) Chris, $20 bill that you're. Father would lay or your uncle would lick his thumb and lay on you at your birthday. Go buy yourself something sweet, Jimmy. Hey, 20 bucks tax-free. But the previous two days, I felt like I owed a lot of people money. Yeah. So I feel better today. Thank you. No, no. Good to have you back. Really? No, it's really great. It's great to have you back. Uh, Someone else returning as well. Full attendance today. Yeah. Kelly Moore, 680 CGOB Sports Director and Jet Studio host. Kelly, back in business. Hello, Kelly. Ten lines or no ten lines, Kelly. Oh, tan lines, baby, tan lines. Uh, you know, I, I'm just listening to you two hens clucked in there, and, and I'm thinking, what are you going to do when you get to my age? Oh, it's, I'm, I'm not ready. I mean, Scott, I mean, I mean, Kelly, you know my wife very well. I thought you were yes, going to say, at my age, I don't need any of these two. I should have stayed where I was. <laughs> She's already saving for the other place uh, down in Florida and stuff to get the heck away from me. Uh, right on, Kelly, you how got- you doing? How, how are things? I am well. Mm-hmm. And you know what, guys? Uh, it was very interesting. Like, uh, I'll, I'll try to make this as short as I possibly mm-hmm. can. But if you ever, ever wondered about the passion that this city and this province has for the Winnipeg Jets, mm-hmm. uh, we spent a month in a little place called Guayabitos, Mexico. It's about an hour, hour and a half drive north of Puerto Vallarta, just to give you some uh, logistics. Well, my wife and I are uh, walking back from uh, the restaurant one night, uh, stopped and had some ice cream. We're sitting on a bench on the main drag of Guayabitos, which is uh, uh, Avenue Nuevo Sol. And there in front of one of the more popular restaurants are two guys talking about what a great job Rick Bonus has done. Hmm. Early, early in our trip, we're at a little fishing village just across the river called La Panita, and we're watching the World Junior semifinal and final games at a place called uh, Jamie and Hindi's. And right up next to the TV is a Winnipeg Jets flag, not a Maple Leafs, not a Canadians, not an Oilers, not any of the other three teams either, a Winnipeg Jets flag. So, uh, and flying home uh, from uh, Puerto Vallarta, uh, whatever day it was, Monday, uh, a lot of people decked in Jets gear. Now, it's a Winnipeg flight, so you would expect that. But uh, this uh, city and this province uh, is fully behind their hockey club. It was just so cool listening to these. You know, my wife said, are you going to hear it? No, I'm not going to open my mouth in case they recognize my voice. I just want to hear what they have to say. It was Mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. How many things did you have to sign then? I kept my mouth shut the whole time. <laughs> See, that's when you know you're truly on vacation when somebody goes, uh, you know, Rick Bonus has done a great job. And you're like, oh, no, Palais Anglais. And yeah. just walk yeah, away. We were, I'm on yeah, vacation. We were, yeah, we were just we were just listening. That's all. Just, it was just, <laughs> my wife was fascinated by this. She says, this is really interesting that, you know, the great kind of out of the, you know, the middle of nowhere type of thing uh, on this main dragon Guayabito. So anyway, it was, I, I wanted to share that story because That's I think awesome. it brings, it brings it a perspective how much 
this team is cared about. It is true. And in a, in a quick story, too, I went to Vegas 10 years ago um, with some guys, and Dick Buckus was signing at a sports store at Caesars Palace. So me and a buddy mm-hmm. went over being a big Chicago Bears fan, and we found out when we got there, you had to buy something in the store for him to sign or else you didn't get to meet him. So we were looking around, and I think the cheapest thing was like a photo of him for $30. And I was like, well, whatever. I don't. I just wanted to see Dick yeah. Buckus in real life. So as I was waiting to get out of the store, he looked up from signing, and he said, hi. And I said, hi, Mr. Buckus. How are you? He goes, good. Where are you from? And somebody else came in, and he started signing their thing. And I said, uh, Winnipeg, Canada. And he said, Winnipeg. And he looked up, and he goes, you guys just got your hockey team back. Oh, that's pretty cool. And I was like, Dick Buckus, <laughs> who lives in Los Angeles at the time, 10 years ago, I think he still does, was in Vegas for a signing, and the Hall yeah. of Famer football player knew that Winnipeg got their football team back. It always yeah. struck me that, man, news, you know, is everywhere these days. Yeah, talking about the the Winnipeg Jets and, and, and of course, a passionate fan base. Well, the team uh, over the month of January, Kelly, uh, they took this uh, fan base on one heck of a roller coaster ride up and yeah. down, eh? Yeah, they sure did. I didn't get a chance to see many of the games. And even, you know, one of the things that you really appreciate when you get back home is the Wi-Fi uh, <laughs> that we have here. Uh, because now, keeping in mind, once we got to Puerto Vallarta, the, the, the Wi-Fi was a lot better. But up where we stay, it, it's really hit and miss. So even just to watch the condensed game highlights, I had my full uh, diet of buffer, and I'm not talking about the guy that used to work the boxing ring either. Uh, it was, it was, it was uh, a challenge just to get even 15 seconds of video. Uh, I was able to keep up with some of the comments. Paul Edmonds was sending me his uh, uh, one-on-one interviews uh, from Coach's Corner and uh, uh, with the players and that sort of thing. So I, I, I kept up with it as best I could. I was back home in time to watch the St. Louis game, and it was very interesting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how that one played out where uh, it was uh, quite uh, uh, noticeable how the crowd uh, picked up after Josh Morrissey's rather impassioned message to the fans on the east side stands after he uh, cut the lead but yeah w- what a weird month eh? you know i mean the team played so well in places like pittsburgh uh and then i didn't see the game against philadelphia but i i am guessing that would be the low point yeah it yeah was. It, it was that in buffalo like they didn't play well against buffalo both times but their talent got them through the first one it, it's an interesting conversation you mentioned that two guys in mexico kelly were talking about the great job rick bonus has done because he has but while this little swoon was going and the way they played against philadelphia and the way rick bonus called them out i i kind of thought you know coaches they get too much credit when it's good and not an or and and too much when it's bad because to me what happened against Philadelphia and some of those other games spoke to what we've seen from this core at some point so now it's the coach's job to get more and the best out of them as bonus has done but this team has throughout the past couple of years sometimes shown up like this including a lot of of last year so I do want to maybe ask you about that is is at this point and with their record how much credit do you give Rick Bonus for for you know, getting to the players that again against Philadelphia and some other games this year, sort of done what they've done that we've seen in the past, but mostly sort of gotten more out of them than we've seen in the past as well. I'll go back to a Blake Wheeler quote. I was just reading a story from our good friend uh, Murata Tesh of the Athletic, uh, another go-to for me to to uh, stay involved with what's going on, 
and and with all due respect to you guys, I tried to tune in, but again, my good friend <laughs> Mister Buffer, <laughs> no problem, Kelly. made that difficult. But you know, I'll go a Blake Wheeler quote, and that is last year. Uh, you know, we'd win a couple of games, but we didn't really know why or how we were doing it. This year, we know the structure we have to get back to. That's all on the coaches, uh, you know, not just Rick Bonus. Let's get Scott Arneal, let's get Brad Lauer, and let's get Marty Johnston and Wade Flaherty in there too uh, because, uh, you know, they're just as big a part of this as, as Rick is. He's the head man. But I think that that quote there is so telling. We know what we have to do to get back. We weren't sure what it was we needed to do uh, a year ago. So, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that you can give the coach uh, too much uh, credit uh, for that, Jim. I think that uh, uh, what Rick has done with this hockey club has been uh, uh, very noticeable. And, and you know, the other thing, too, is for him to call out and tell it like it was and the subtle message that he sent with the lineup combinations going into the St. Louis game, I think that snapped everybody to attention. Yeah, Kelly. I mean, and going back to that that game against St. Louis, I wanted I wanted to ask your opinion about this because this is something I've been hearing the most on, on social media and from the uh, the people texting into the show two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. That show of emotion from from Josh Morrissey, uh, may, maybe. Uh, I'm not so sure if I, if I would use the word out of character, um, but usually Josh Morrissey's kind of that calm, cool, collected guy yeah. when he speaks uh, in a post game. Doesn't matter if it's a win or a loss. He has a very uh, distinct tone that he that he keeps up and down. Uh, a lot of people after that, they you know that was a that was a big moment for him and could potentially be a big moment um, uh, for the rest of the season here. Uh, the next captaincy, the next guy wearing the C. There's been kind of a debate between now that's you know I, I think really heated up after that moment between him and Adam. Lowry, I mean, where do you sit on this, Kelly? Well, I, as I mentioned in my uh, Jets report today, I think Monday night sealed the deal, Cam. I yeah. really do. Whatever the Winnipeg Jets uh, do get around to naming who's going to succeed uh, Andrew Ladd and Blake Wheeler. And and Josh Morrissey, in, in my mind, is the guy. And that's nothing against Adam Lowry, who I have a ton of respect for as a leader for this hockey club as well. But you know, when you read into Josh Morrissey's words, and it was very interesting how he handled postgame, both on the national TV broadcast as well as with the Winnipeg media. You know, I, I kind of blacked out. You know, that's an easy way uh, to be able to take anything, you know, to, to, to remove it being about him and make it about what happened after that. But what I also thought was really, really cool was when Josh Morrissey put his face to the glass along those east side stands at Canada Life Center, and it was almost like he was bringing the fans into the dressing room with what he would say to his teammates. Mm. You know, let's <clears throat> go here. <laughs> you know? yeah. And 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 so it, it, it was almost like he was making the fans part of it. And And he was certainly not anywhere near as vague about reminding everybody this is a good hockey club and they are at 32 19 and one and and that yeah you know buffalo philadelphia that's that's on the players you know the fans reaction was very deserved in those two games but what i saw of the st louis game 
to me, Jordan Bennington was the only reason why the building wasn't hopping. I thought the Jets were playing a heck of a game. So when Josh said, you know, we weren't getting a reward, I don't know that it was just because there was a zero on the scoreboard before he lit it up for his ninth goal of the season. I think he was also, I, I can't put words into his mouth, but I think he was also referring to, you know, the fans that, hey, you know, just because we're not scoring goals, it doesn't mean we aren't playing well. And and there should be some reward for that rather than the tension that there was in the stamps. That's what I read into those comments anyway. I don't want to misquote him or, uh, uh, you know, not uh, uh, give an accurate portrayal of what his thoughts were. But that was what I, that was the message I got. And the, the great thing about it is it's not scripted. It's not like no. a, after the <laughs> Philly game. It's yeah. not like is it, isn't that practice. What sports is, it's like in the moment. I, and yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to glorify Josh Morrison more than he already has been, but in the moment, leaders step up. Yes. And not only did he step up with the goal, but as he said in the post game, I could feel some tension. He heard the boos the past couple of games. Of He's kind did, of yeah. like, I'm not mad at you. I'm like, let's go together here. We need you, and let's get yes. up. And and so it just it it's it was unscripted. It was reactionary. And I think that's what real leaders do in the moment. You hear more on that with the Jets report. Oh, sorry, Kelly, go ahead. No, I was just going to – Jim, very rarely will I agree with you wholeheartedly. But. It's difficult to admit, <laughs> I know. Uh, you'll hear more on that in the Jets report. It's going to come up at uh, 2.55 and then 4.55 with Jim and then on the news with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham right here on 680 CGLB. 680 CGLB sports director and Jet studio host Kelly Moore back in action. Kelly, thanks so much. Take he care, okay? sunstroke. He agreed with me. He's got to <laughs> be somebody, somebody check on yeah. Kelly. You know what? It's it, because it, – it, it, He's it's been relaxing temperature. Yeah, it's a change of temperature. <laughs> he's been relaxing on the beach the last little bit and taking his yeah. time. That's yeah. he's in a good mood. Kelly, Honey, thanks we so gotta much. go back. I'm not myself. <laughs> thanks, Kelly. Yeah. I agree take with you. Thanks, Kelly. Let's take a break. Let's come back. We'll get to a couple of your text messages. 204-780-6868. Some hypothetical trades for the Winnipeg Jets came out uh, on in some articles uh, with some very interesting things. Who are some of the guys that the Winnipeg Jets are targeting, according to some of the NHL insiders? We'll get to that after the 1230 News with Sarah McCarthy. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Hello, Sarah McCarthy. How are you? Hello, and welcome back, Jim. Oh, the gang's hi, back Sarah. together. The band is the back The one-minute power play <laughs> with Sarah McCarthy. How I, eventually, I'm going to get around to making a sounder for no, that. No. Did you uh, get the answer from our... Our texter that wanted to know whom she well, would I, bail out. Uh, I did. She said she would. She would bail me out because how bail could you? you both out? of you. Both well, no. She only you. said me. There's only a. There's a choice. Oh no. Yeah, that's what the texter <laughs> wanted to. Life advice on the power play was. Oh, if I you, forgot that part. If Cam and Jim got incarcerated, obviously wrongfully, but if we were, yeah, and you could only clearly. bail out one person, which one would it be? That was a texter for the power. That was Mike in Manitoba. I was, that. that was not fair because only Cam was here. So you phrased the question as if it was just you. I don't. I don't <laughs> think that that's true. Well, we're here now. Um, ring, ring, <laughs> ring, ring. Hi, Sarah. We've been arrested. It's twenty bucks, and you only 20 have bucks. twenty. We've been. Hi, Sarah. We've been arrested. That's all. Then you know exactly what's going on. Sorry, We've been sorry, arrested. I can't hear you. <laughs> So the answer is neither of us. Uh, We're rotting. Twenty, yeah. bu- only twenty bucks. Like she would save the bail money to buy the new host of Jets at noon, who wouldn't harass her lunch. Yeah. 
that's a couple coffees. You right also there. had you had homework yeah. too as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was about our band, our band name, Gemini's band name, or the and three I of our band names. I struggled. I did you run this I by? To, I tried to like combine your names and and all I could come up with like was Skadge Pizza presents <laughs> <laughs> presents like jam. Like Jim and Cam, jam, jam. The, j- the jammers, <laughs> Jack. Oh, but, but then no I did, <laughs> and then I did do a cop out one like Blades of Glory or something, you know, great movie. So that is a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Ch- That's uh, all Chaz I got. Michaels, Michaels, Chaz Michaels, Michaels, Chaz That's Lucius. Hey, he's tearing it up in the WHL. <laughs> tearing it up. Fifteen points in six games. It's hot. Well, thanks a lot, Sarah. I guess Anytime. I'm not getting paroled. Yep. 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. That was the power play with Sarah McCarthy. uh, uh, Kevin just texted a good good thing, but I'll save that one for tomorrow. I have to save some of these things for tomorrow. That's a good one. Thanks for that text message, Kevin. If you're wondering what uh, Kevin text message is, well, tune in tomorrow and you'll find out what... We need to ask uh, Sarah McCarthy in her. Um, that is a great question, advice, Kevin. advice section. So we, yeah, have we to need wait to move tomorrow. this away from us and just get to general life advice because I find Sarah very diplomatic and wealthy with knowledge. <laughs> she is, and that's why if you need advice, the Sarah McCarthy one minute power play, two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. She will help you along absolutely. Um, Taking a look at some of these players, hypothetical trades, Jim, and we'll throw this at you, then we'll go and look at some of the other free agents that are available. Uh, Jimmy James texts the show, uh, one of those players, we'll get to his text message in, in just a second here, and uh, and his thoughts on these moves um, regarding one of those free agents on this list. I guess uh, he's got the inside track. Um, but I was reading this article on Sportsnet. Uh, Jason Bukala, professional hockey scout and consultant. He wrote this article um, taking a look at the Winnipeg Jets and hypothetical trades as we uh, approach the um, NHL trade deadline, which happens just over a month away. Do any of them involve Bull Horvat? <laughs> God. What do you, okay, let's to get to Islanders. that first. What did you think of that trade, Jim? I didn't get your th- we didn't get your thoughts on that. I think it was too early. I think that it was too early, but maybe this, the Vancouver Canucks were just waiting. They just wanted to get this off move on from this. Um, Lou Lamarillo might have called and said, listen, I'm sure him and Jim Rutherford know each other very well and said, listen, this is the best offer you're going to get. You either pull the trigger now or it's over and I'm out of here, which is totally what Lou would well, do. Well, I would hope it was the best offer they got. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ratu is the the question mark there, which you could be buying low first round pick, but if the Islanders make the playoffs, oh, it's top 12 protected too, Yeah, right? for this yeah. season and then next year it becomes unprotected. So, I mean, I get that. Uh, that's that's as good as you're going to get. Any contender that's going to make yeah. a trade for him is going to be they're after not risking, pick 15. Yeah, yeah, they're not risking Bedard. Um, and then, you know, believe it, I, I don't know, like if that's the best they could get, but here's the thing, like I've talked to Canucks fans and they, they swore to me, I should reach out to them actually, um, one's my cousin, and he was swore to me that they would get more for Horvat than JT Miller. And I said, you're wrong because it's a deadline deal. It's not about who had more goals, more points, who's the better player. When you're trading a guy at the deadline and it's a rental, it's a deadline deal. And so JT Miller would have got, I think, a player a prospect, and a first-round pick if they would have dealt him at the deadline. He was convinced that we're going to get two first-round picks like not in the no, same year, yeah, no. but or he, they were going to get a first and a third, 
and and a and a prospect and a player. He thought they were going to get four assets. Yeah, the for only Horvath. reason I'm why like, you're not going to do that. It's because all that first round pick talk was was going around Jacob Chikrin, and he's a part of one of these conversations. We'll get to him in a second. That's because Chikrin is at like four point three for the next this year, and then two more 4. afterwards. 6, yeah, that's what the word. Well, they're is. trying to do two things. They're they're trying to get two assets for the player, and then they're trying to get two assets for the contract because it's such a good deal. And they're trying to get four assets for Jacob Chikrin, and it's I don't see that happening. Yeah. But like I mean, turn that around. You if if Horvat's got term left, uh, other than being a UFA, you probably get something else for him mm-hmm. uh, along with it. It's a de- I don't know. Like I I don't hate it. I don't know what the Islanders are doing though. If I'm Bo Horvat, I'm not staying there. If I'm Bo Horvat and I'm scoring fifty goals this year, I'm going to market. And if you want to make yeah. me an offer, I will highly consider it, and I appreciate you acquiring my rights, and I will put you at the forefront. But I'm not. You guys can't score goals. All we do is defend. Well, that's why they brought him in, because they can't score. Yes, and they're going to... I mean, they gave Barzell $9 million. So what are they going to give him? It's got to... St- I'm a 50-goal scorer when this contract comes up. Yeah, one of these players on this list, Timo Meyer. This is kind of under the under a very, very similar sort of veil. I mean, he's, an under, he's a restricted free agent next year. $6 million cap hit this year. He's one of the players that the Winnipeg Jets, uh, according to some of these NHL insiders, are looking at. His qualifying offer next year is $10 bucks. Yeah. There is no way a team in the National Hockey League is going to give him no, a qualifying but, but offer. No, but a team will acquire him and give him nine over eight years. Yeah, but he's going to have to go to market. He's going to have to become a UFA because to qualify him, you're going to have to give him 10 mil right off the bat. That's well, not no, going to happen. If you have a, if you, I think after January 1st, you can sign, right? So if they have your rights, like the, the Sharks are yeah. trying to sign him long term. Now, he could just go on a one-year deal, make the 10, and then go to free agency after that. Or, like, here's the other thing we never think about, but I think Horvat's in a different boat, is that how many teams can give you $10 million that that have a chance to win? And Now, the Islanders, do they have the money to sign Horvat? Probably, but do they have a chance to win? Yeah, if the cap goes up only a million bucks this year, the very few. But look at this, and I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not saying it's even in the realm of it. But if Horvat goes to market, the Jets have summer discussions with two centers in this town, and if mm-hmm. they both don't want to re-sign, you could sign Horvat and deal him. Yeah, and then whatever you get Horvat with at nine and a half, and then you you bring you augment it with your return from Dubois or Shifley. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, and this isn't a Jets thing. I'm just saying that there's one team that doesn't have the money right now that could very possibly. That's why if I'm Horvat, I go to Mark. Yeah. I'm a 50-goal scorer. Potentially. He's going to score 50. You well, think so? in Long Island, he might only score two. I don't know. If he, I mean, but at, at the end of the day, I think at the very least, I think you can expect him. He's going to get He's having 40. a career year. He's yeah. like Johnny Goudreau going into free agency on a career year. So I just don't know why you would sign in Long Island unless you get there. And But, but to me, like here's what's lost on me because I'm old school. I want to win. I want to win a Stanley Cup. I don't want to go to Columbus because I've always wanted to live there and have a nice life. Well, Jim, I, mean, I have a ten. Is, is a I have ten years now. left in my career, and I would rather go to a team. I'll go to Detroit if it means I can win. You know, some of these millennials now, Jim, and I, I consider myself a. Well, I am not consider myself. I am a millennial, one hundred percent. Like I'm right smack dab in the middle. Like I'm a, I'm I'm a heart of heart millennial in terms of generation. To some of these millennials, Jim, that are in the National Hockey League right now, winning is not number one. Well, that's what I mean. I, I don't I don't get it. Like yeah. I try to understand it, and I, I it's your perspective, 
and I get it. But I'm watching Johnny Goudreau go back to Calgary, and I'm watching him play, and I'm watching him get two assists, and I'm seeing all the, the interviews. And then they're running the interviews from the summer, and he's like, I've always liked Columbus. It's close to my home, but far enough away that I've always loved the area. I've always heard – and I, I I know players who played in Columbus, and they say it's a great place to play like yeah. the, and live. Not just play, but live. It's a great place to live. They had a great crowd yesterday. Paul Maurice used to live Washington. there before he took the Jets job. Yeah. When he was a TV analyst, he lived in Columbus, Ohio with his yeah. wife. So, But I'm just like <laughs> – I have a job, and it's going to pay me what it pays me. And in 10 years, I can live anywhere I want to live on the planet. I want to win. Yeah. Well, I'm with you on that. So uh, I don't There's no I don't way if this, I was in the National Like Hockey Arizona League. could pay any free agent this year $12 million very easily. Arizona is a beautiful place to live. Do mm-hmm. I want to go play in a university rink for the next five years and no, no chance you. of the playoffs for four years? So to me, I, I don't know what free agents think anymore, but if I'm Bo Horvat, I go to Long Island and I say, I appreciate it, and because you did this, I'm going to put you in the top three right off the bat, but I'm going to go to free agency and see where we're at. Funny you mention Arizona, because one of those trades, the first one on this uh, list uh, put together by Jason Bukala uh, on sportsnet.ca, uh, here's, the, here's the hypothetical trade that he set up here, Jim. Winnipeg trades Ville Hainala, Brad Lambert, a 2023 first-rounder, and a 2024 third-rounder. In exchange, Arizona sends the Winnipeg Jets Jacob Chikrin, Nick Bukestad, and a 2024 sixth-round pick. Now, of course, and this is all hypotheticals, and this isn't something maybe the Winnipeg Jets are interested in, and maybe they're not ready to make a move like this, and, and, and all that sort of thing. And again, this is just, we're just having fun here. But I think Bukestad is a real guy that the Winnipeg Jets should target. Right now, he's got 50 games played. He's got 11 goals. He's got 21 points, plus minus, on a crummy team, plus seven. And he's playing about 17 minutes, uh, uh, you know, a 30-year-old guy, long time in the league. I think that's the kind of player that the Winnipeg Jets, if they're going to bring in uh, some big depth pieces, and I expect them to, at least in the bottom six, that's the kind of guy you want on this club. I like that. I like both those players yeah. on the Jets. I think Bugstead really rounds out the bottom six, maybe even the top six. How much are you willing to pay for... And I love Chikrin. Um, how much are you willing to pay for two years after this with Jacob Chikrin at his current 4.6? What's, what, what's the actual value of that? Well, you have to, if you want, like to me, if the uh, Chikrin, I just said, I'm hearing they want four assets. I give them three. Yeah, that's not going to happen. They're, I give them Vili yeah, change if that's who they want. Yeah, I give them the first round pick and I give them somebody else, Jensen Harkins, Brad Lambert. Do you think Arizona, if they don't get what they want and they're saying, no, listen, we're staying, we're staying pat on this. We're not going to move. Why, they, maybe they would even say, we no, don't, we don't think, have to make I, a move this year. I, I we think, can wait till next year. Yeah, we can wait till the draft. I, I think they're going to move him, but I think they're just st- stand pat on I want four assets for him. And everybody else is going, here's three. Mm-hmm. But again, they're trying to get they're trying to get the prospect and the first round pick for the contract, and they're trying to get the other prospect and the or the and the first round pick for the player. Yeah. And I think you can get the prospect, the first round pick, and somebody else. I don't think you can get all four, but who knows? Somebody might step up. Mm-hmm. Buffalo's interesting because Buffalo's ready. And if they add Chicken to that blue line for the next two years, and they have cap space, and they now have Rasmus Dallin, Power. Yeah. And Chikrin. And they have the commodities to do this. They're four picks, but they clearly haven't yet because I think it's NHL an Rookie but. of the Month, uh, UPL. Ukopeka Luke, uh, Lukanen. I think I said it right. They're netminder. This guy's coming into his own. 
Yeah, I mean, last month. if I like, the, I, I've said this, but I read an article from one of the insiders about two months ago, and they said Buffalo is done with the rebuild. They've traded Eichel, they got Krebs, they got Tuck, but yeah. they've got all these young players now in the drafting. They're sort of done with the got it, rebuild it, and now they're ready to add, which I think is smart. They're ready to add the chickens of the world. They're ready to add some some middle aged to late mm-hmm. to to thirty year old veterans to what they have to help this young group move forward over the next three to five years. And I think yeah. it's brilliant of what the way they've done this. Yeah, it's starting to work out for them, that's for sure. Let's take a break. Let's come back. But I like Bukes. I like Bukestad a lot. Bukestad and how it would round out and Chikrin too, but I, I don't know how... You know, much- I'm just a big thinker, Jim. I just am a big thinker. I got a big brain. I'm highly intelligent. And when I see stuff like this, it's just so easy for me to figure it out. And, and for anybody who, just right before we go, like when I mentioned Brad Lambert or I mentioned... Hey Nola, I'm joking or, too. Uh, by the way, one of, no, I don't. I think you are <laughs> not joking. I mean, I think you are. Uh, hey Nola's like you, you have to remember. It's not about who how good they're going to be. It's about winning now. You have to win now. That's yeah. where the Jets are. It's a hundred. They're hundred percent. This is a win now. What's the other hypothetical trade on that list? Well, it's a. It's got a guy with ties to Winnipeg. There's your tease. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB. Oh, welcome back to the show. Final three minutes or so. Thanks so much for listening. 204-780-6868. Dom takes the show. He says, I really like the Chikrin trade. It would put the Jets in contention. It's it's interesting. I think this Chikrin trade, well, when I initially looked at it, I wasn't, I was saying, well, maybe they could make it work. But I'm 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 thinking it would be good, especially if you get Bukestad with it too, as on a rental on a potential guy that you can keep around for for future years and stuff like that. I think he fits in well and uh, definitely his price is right for the amount of um, production that he's able to push forward. Uh speaking about that guy with uh, ties to Winnipeg, the other uh, trade on this article, Winnipeg trades a twenty twenty three third rounder and a twenty twenty four third rounder. Uh for Jonathan uh Jonathan Taves retains 50% of his salary. Now, and we were having a discussion in the newsroom. Uh, Richard Cloutier made a really good point, and he made me look at this in a totally different way. Um, Taves, $10.5 bucks. Even if Chicago retains 50% of his cap, it still might be too pricey for what the Winnipeg Jets are looking for. I know that he's 63.3% in the faceoff dot. That's what this team needs desperately is help at the faceoff dot. But I think the price is just going to be too much. And if you're going to finagle another team or whatever, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, I've seen teams do that where you'd have another team get involved and then they take 25% of this of the cap of the cap hit. Um, but I just don't think it works. I don't. Th- I think. I think. The, I think the cost is too high. What yeah, do you think, Jim? So, and and uh, Jim, uh, uh, listener Jim, weighed in with me last week about this because John Shannon was talking about this, I, and I was incorrect at that time, and I emailed Jim back. So you do take on the full cap. Like I thought it was prorated like the salary, but mm-hmm. the ten point five comes and you can only retain fifty percent of it. So you're Correct. gonna take on five point two five of that cap from Jonathan Tate. Correct. The Jets have seven million in cap space. That tells me there's gotta be a contract or two going to Chicago if you do that if to it offset works, that. Because yeah. that's basically that leaves you with a mill and a little bit, just over a mill. Um to um to negotiate and I don't I think they need more than Jonathan Taves. I think Jonathan Taves is yeah. an add-on. Yeah. I agree. If you can get him, it's a great, you know, drive. But I mean a team like Colorado with Landeskog's nine million on LTIR, they could just take it on and only cost them a mil. Mm-hmm. 
So that's why I think that it's it doesn't fit too well, too expensive. And I think they should search more. I will say this. I think they are going to go big game hunting. But I think mostly you're going to add, like, I don't really know other than Perfetti, the top six needs anything. Now, if you can yeah. get somebody dynamic, for sure. But I think there's, I think they're checking all the corners, like Darren Drager told us on Friday. Big game, small game. But I, I think it's more augmenting, like, the Bugsteads, the Nick Richies, the Max Domies. I think there's a fit here for Max Domi. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy James, God bless you, uh, text us 204-780-6868. Domi, three million bucks. Listen, Jets fans still love Domi from the 1.0 era. My dad loved Domi. Um, he's available. Uh, Jimmy James says, Ehlers for Domi, great deal, straight up. Um, thanks for the text, Jimmy. Appreciate it. <laughs> I... Uh, I'll I would just send a draft pick for Domi. <laughs> I wouldn't send Ehlers. 204 780 You don't have to send Ehlers for Domi. Jim Toth will take you all the way till 3 o'clock. Tamana, great job producing the show today. Really appreciate it. Great job. And that's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.